Praise the Lord and welcome. You are listening to IHAP Podcast, episode number 20, with me, your host, Reverend Mario A. Najera. To our returning listeners and for all those that are listening for the first time, thank you for joining me and my guest for today, Elder Jesse Cornejo, pastor of Apostolic Worship Center, Pacoima in Pacoima, California. We are here to testify that no matter where your life's journey has taken you, that Jesus loves you, Jesus still saves, and Jesus is still doing works within his people. So listen, grow, as we share what God has done in the life of my guest today, Elder Cornejo. Elder, thank you so much for joining me today on today's session of IHAP Podcast. Praise the Lord and welcome, sir. Oh, thank you, brother. It's a privilege for me to be here. Oh, thank you. Again, the privilege is all mine. I really want to appreciate your time. And um, and not to take too much of it, sir, I want to get right into this conversation with you, Pastor. And, okay. And just ask you, sir, um, uh, you know, in your life or in the spiritual walk, there's always a beginning, a path, or a first step. But before that, Pastor, where did you, where would you say you found yourself out before you experienced with church or your own personal relationship with Christ? Where would you say that you were at, sir? Well, I say that, um, you know, I had a, a rough upbringing because mm. my my father was an alcoholic and my my mother, you know, she she did the best that she could, but um, there was nine of us. Wow. So I was the youngest and, uh, you know, my father, like I said, it was an alcoholic and and we didn't grow up in church, mm -hmm. so we what we had was um, we had a, a you know a relationship with our father that was very very uh, I guess in those days uncommon. Mm -hmm. But uh, my father, uh, you know, we grew up in gangs, we grew up in uh, in drugs, mm. and. Um, you know, I, I shot a lot of people. They shot me. Wow. And uh, I know that, you know, I found myself lost and confused one day uh, in a jail cell mm. asking God to help me. Mm. And uh, I didn't know who God was. Mm. I, I just knew I knew there was a God. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know him personally. I had no idea. The very first time that I had seen somebody in an apostolic church mm -hmm. or in, 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 in a church that uh, believes in tongues or, or, you know, that had some kind of experience with God, I was chasing this one individual to kill him. Oh. And, uh, and I ran into the church and he ran all the way to the altar. Um, and uh, the pastor was praying for him. Mm -hmm. And uh, me and my brother were after somebody. And, and then all of a sudden I, it, I turned around and these people were speaking in tongues and I, my brother walked in and he said, where is he? I said, wow, he's up there. And, and I remember so clearly, you know, uh, looking at these people and telling my brother, you know what, these people are crazy, man. Let's get out of here. So I walked out and that image stayed in my head. Mm. And uh, so when I found myself in jail, I cried out to the Lord asking God to help me. Mm. Um and to make me the man of God or make me a, a man that, mm -hmm. that I was supposed to be. Mm. You know, I knew that I knew that wasn't my destiny to be in prison for the rest of my life. Mm. But I did know that, uh, you know, there was a God out there. I, mm. I knew that for a fact. Wow. Wow, Pastor. And, and, you know, at a young age, experiencing all those things and 
um, you know, that that, w- that pretty much sounds like it was just a normal occurrence or, you know, upbringing. Like you mentioned, the, the gang experience and, yeah. you know, yeah, being in jail and, and, and just, you know, th- that was a life. But what what an encounter, you know, that you got to run into an apostolic church and hearing people, uh, you know, brothers and sisters speaking in tongues. Yeah. Uh, but how did that lead uh, eventually, Pastor, to you giving yourself to the Lord? Well, what happened was um, I, I I had been in and out of prison mm-hmm. and in and out of jail, and uh, and basically what happened was one day I just I was just dealing with a lot of things and mm-hmm. saying you know what this 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 life is not leading me anywhere, mm-hmm. and I remember so clearly being in jail and uh, asking the Lord to to help me. This lady would come and visit me in jail and I was in isolation for the crime that I had did. Mm. So she was the only one that would come and visit me mm-hmm. and they would let her and come in and, and talk to me in my cell. And, uh, and she would tell me about God and, mm. uh, and I would tell her, you know, I just wanted somebody to talk to mm. cause I didn't have anybody to talk <laughs> to, but she would go in there and tell me about the Lord. And, and one day, you know, she left and and she would come back every week so i actually listened to some of the words she said and mm-hmm. i opened up the bible and i did one of those numbers where you just close your eyes <laughs> and you put your finger on a scripture and the scriptures you know that i landed on i remember so clearly saying it it said um for man should not live by bread alone mm-hmm. but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god and when she came to visit me, I asked her, you know, what does that mean? Yeah. And she told me it has to do with fasting. So mm-hmm. I said, okay, well, you know, what's fasting? And she said, that's when you present your body. You don't eat, but you present your body as a, as a sacrifice to the Lord. Mm-hmm. She told me, if you fast, God will give you anything you want. Mm. And I remember so clearly I was looking at close to 11 to 13 years in the state penitentiary. So I told her, you know what? I'm fasting. I'm starting to fast tomorrow. She goes, if you fast, God will give you anything you want. So I started fasting. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who God was. I didn't know what was happening. I just knew what she told me. Mm -hmm. So I started fasting and I fasted for five days straight. Mm And then the nurse came in, the doctor said, what's going on? You're on a hunger strike? I said, no, I'm just, I'm fasting. They said, okay, it's a religious thing. Okay, no problem. So the food would come and I would turn around and they would take it after a while. And and I remember so clearly, I said, man, I'm getting out of here. So I went to court and they sentenced me to about 12 years in the state penitentiary. Two years for this, three years for that, three years for that, three years for that. And it all equaled up to about 12 years or so mm-hmm. in the state penitentiary. So I went back and I told her, hey, you know what? This stuff don't work, man. Mm. And uh, she told me, she told me, no, continue, continue, you know. So I said, no, no, I, I'm not, you know, I tried it. I'm not going to do this. And uh, basically what happened was she... Uh, she told me keep praying i said all right all right thank you so i left Mm -hmm. and from indio they shipped me to los angeles Mm. and i already went to the parole board and they told me i got uh, about seven and a half years and so i went they told me hey you got to go back to indio Uh, this was after about five months 
and they gave me a lot of felonies in the court and uh and they told me uh, they go you got to go roll it up and go back to indio so i went back to indio and and i was the only one on the on the bus and i remember i was shackled from head to toe and and i remember so clearly uh the my probation officer coming out to the bus and i was the only one there mm-hmm. it was early in the morning and she said uh this is not the word she said. She said, I don't know what you did, and I don't know how you did it, but today you're going to get released. And it would only been five and a half months yeah. that I had already been in, in the in the system. And remind, I'm going to remind you that I've been sentenced to, to 12 years mm-hmm. in the state penitentiary. So I told her, what? And my heart started beating 100 miles an hour. And I said, what? What do you mean? She said, yeah. They're going to drop all the felonies to a misdemeanor time served. So I walked out of the courts that day with the state clothes on, state penitentiary clothes on. And I didn't have none of my clothes. And I walked out that day. I was released that day Mm. of doing five and a half months instead of doing 12 years. Wow. So right there and then I knew there was a God. Mm. God reminded me about the fast that I did mm-hmm. and I and I and I knew God had did a tremendous work in my life. Yeah. So I knew God did a miracle. So I went back. I went home and and people were telling me let's go party, you know. <laughs> you just got out. Yeah. And I would tell them, "Hey, you know what? I'll go visit my uncle." I would actually lie to them. Mm. And go in my room and go pray. And mm-hmm. I would and I would go seek the Lord and I'd say, God, I know you did this miracle for me, mm-hmm. man. I know you took me out. I know you did this. Because nobody mm-hmm. <laughs> is going to do what you did. Yeah. And uh, I would go pray. And I would lie to my homeboys and everything else. And, and uh, I remember so clearly, I, I did that for a couple of weeks. And... Uh, and the Lord was, you know, tugging at my heart. I, mm-hmm. I didn't have no church to go to. I didn't have no brothers, no sisters. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anybody to direct me. I lost the number of that lady. So I, I, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I didn't mm-hmm. know where to go. And I, but I, one thing I did know, that I did want to serve the Lord, mm-hmm. for what He had done for me. Mm-hmm. So after being there, for. Uh, a couple of weeks, I said, well, I can hang around with my friends. As long as I don't drink, I'll be okay. Well, sure enough, I started drinking. Mm. And as long as I don't smoke, I'll be okay. Well, sure enough, I started smoking. And as long as I don't do drugs, I'll be okay. And sure enough, I started doing it. So I was engulfed in it again, yeah. you know, and a year went by. And I would be at parties, and I remember so clearly, you know, I'm a big fella. I'm 6'3", mm-hmm. and, you know, I was a lot bigger in the state penitentiary, so... I could push people around, and, and <laughs> I would remember pushing the DJ out of the way and lowering the music when everybody was dancing, about two or 300 people. And I would yell out on the microphone, you know, with all my heart. I would say, you know what, man, I need God. Mm. You know, and then I would raise the music up and I would walk away. I didn't know then, but I know now that my soul was crying mm. out to the Lord. I didn't know that, but mm. I now I know that my my heart and my 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 soul was just crying out and longing for God. Mm. And it's not till a year later that I got arrested again, 
and uh, I, I I shot some some people and you know shot some things and some things happened and I got arrested again and mm-hmm. they they literally sentenced me to the, to Lifeline outreach and as I was in jail they they sentenced me to Lifeline. Mm-hmm. Which God did another miracle because mm-hmm. the the crime that I did was looking at more state prison mm-hmm. time, and the judge, as I was having court, my brother walks in in the court, you know. Now my brother is is brother Ralph, you know Ralph Cornejo, and and he's he got converted, he got baptized, and got filled with the Holy Ghost, and he's walking in in a three piece suit, and mm-hmm. and and the judge looks over across. And he's walking in as we're having court. And he says, uh, he says, excuse me, is that you, Ralph? And he says, yeah, that's me, Judge. And he says, well, tell me what happened to you. What's going on? He said, what are you doing here? He says, I'm here to, for my brother. Mm. He said, uh, he goes, well, tell me what's going on. So the court's proceedings stopped. Mm-hmm. The judge and my brother are having a conversation across the courtroom. <laughs> the lawyers are looking at them. And he's starting to tell the judge that, hey, you know what? I went to a program called Lifeline in Los Angeles. And I know the the Lord changed my life. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. I got baptized. He said, yeah, I can tell. You know, tell me about this program. So he started telling him about the program in the court. And I'm sitting there shackled from head to toe. <laughs> and um, And he's telling him about the program, how God can change his life. And he, the judge stops and he says, listen, uh, if this program is so good, mm-hmm. I want you to go ahead and take Jesse. Mm. And I want you to take him because you were worse off than Jesse was. <laughs> so if, if this program can change your life, then I know it can change his. Yes. Now, this is the judge and, the, and they, and, you know, everybody is at a standstill. And... Uh, Right there and then, they court commit me to the program, mm. and uh, and I go to the program 30 days later. Wow. I get filled with the Holy Ghost the fourth day I'm there. I get baptized the third month, and I've been serving the Lord for about 34 years, 33 years now. Wow. Wow. What what an amazing... I mean, just, just the journey and, the, and that the Lord remembers, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> you know that the Lord remembered, you know, His people, and and, yeah. and like you said, you're so you're so new, and He was crying that it needed something different, and yeah, and that, yeah that was God, and 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 who was um who was the director at that time, Pastor of the Lifeline the, Program when you the, were there? The director was uh, Pastor David Hernandez. Okay, and the coordinator was uh, was uh, Brother Robert Miras. Okay, uh, senior and. Uh, and then it was Brother Perry, mm. Brother jo- Joseph Perry. Yeah. But when I when I came into the program, you know, after jail, they picked all the four brothers went and picked me up at jail, mm-hmm. and they brought me to the program. And when I got filled with the Holy Ghost the fourth day, the Lord reminded me. Mm. He reminded me and told me, "This is what you needed—the power of the Holy Ghost mm. to sustain you." When you were out there, yes. when you when you were trying to get away from your friends and try to pray, he said, "This is what you needed mm. 
you couldn't do it on your own yes. strength and your own ability, but you needed the Holy Ghost to help you. And the Lord brought that to my remembrance when I got filled with the Holy Ghost the fourth day I was in Lifeline. Wow. Wow, Pastor. Uh, <laughs> and that reminded me, um, I was trying to share with Brother Steve uh, uh, Pettis, uh, uh, Pastor Steve Pettis, who I had on yeah. a while back. And yeah, and yeah. I was, um, you know, he shared also that he came from that program, the Lifeline program. And we were, we were talking about Pastor David Hernandez, and I was trying to recall the first time that I met him, uh, or actually just saw him. And it was funny because he didn't seem like an overpowering figure, or just, you know, he seemed really, uh, you know, he was, uh, he was, um, he was older. I, this was at a, a district camp in Arizona. Uh -huh. And everybody knew him, and I was just new to a church, and I was new to, yeah. you know, camps, and and they said we're going to give this pastor an opportunity to speak, and I remember, oh my goodness, you know, he's just going to bring everything down because he, you know, he's an older brother, you know, because I was just like I said, I was just <laughs> new, I was new, <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah. but um, they had the the young men there in a conference, and I was trying to share this with Pastor Steve because I was trying to remember and talk about it at the same time. But pastor, my goodness, we were having a conference and he started talking about the men in the Lifeline program. And he goes, yeah. and I'm going to tell you guys the same way I tell them. And he was talking about uh, young men looking for girlfriends and, you know, yeah. Yeah, serving God. And he would say, you know, those, <laughs> those men in my Lifeline program, three minutes on the phone. He goes, what do you have to say to a girl that you can't say in two minutes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but I remember after he was done, you know, giving his counsel, I just kept looking around asking, is he a pastor? He's really a Because just the way he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he was unique. I'll yes. Yeah. He's a unique pastor, you know. There's not another one like him. Oh, yes, sir. You know, he's a blessing. Oh, uh, And that was just a taste because, like I said, he was just visiting, and that was the first time yeah. I had that encounter. And, and yeah, it was it was just a blessing, and and I could only imagine what how he, he you know he treated the men in the Lifeline program, you know, oh, with yeah. that tough yeah, love. It, yeah, yeah, with that love. But at the same love. time, we needed discipline. Back yeah, yeah. Know, which they also need discipline today. Oh yes, know, sir. But, you know, it's kind of rough today. You yeah. know, people are are more sissified. Yeah. Know. <laughs> And it's more difficult for some people. Yeah, yeah. But you know, if you if you if you uh, make up your mind to serve the yes, Lord, sir. you can take care of business. Yes, yeah. So, um, how how did that? Um, so you were baptized, you were filled with the Holy Ghost, A in that timeline, Pastor. How did that eventually lead into the service or the calling uh, of your service to ministry? How did that direct your path to that place? Well, basically. Um, when I, you know, Pastor Hernandez, you know, teaches men to, to be leaders. Mm -hmm. you, you don't go into a lifeline and then become just somebody there in the church, just a, a pew warmer. Mm -hmm. you, you, you are actually trained to be a leader because he's a leader. Mm -hmm. So he trains you to become a leader and uh, get the calling of the Lord where the, wherever the Lord wants to take you. Mm -hmm. But I remember so clearly, I, I remember coming out of lifeline, graduating, and then uh, being in the church, I became an usher, and then I became a church growth uh, assistant, and mm -hmm. then I became the church growth director. And then uh, I remember uh, being there, and then seeing my seeing my girlfriend, well, seeing the woman that's going to be my my wife. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I got married in the church, 
and my children were born in the church. Mm. They didn't never seen the lifestyle that I had. Mm. So that was a blessing all mm. by itself. But my main thing was uh, the Lord was calling me right from the beginning. And uh, there was a call. Uh, I remember so clearly that God uh, was calling me to the ministry. And I was kind of like telling the Lord, I really don't want to. I just want to sit in church and mm. relax. Mm -hmm. You know, just sit in the pew. And the Lord reminded me that I don't know how to do that. Mm. That that if I was all the way in the world, mm -hmm. then I needed to be all the way in church. Mm. And I didn't know how to be halfway. Mm. You know, I didn't know how to just halfway rob somebody <laughs> or halfway <laughs> burn somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so it was a natural thing, yeah. you know. If you're going to do this, you're going to do this all the way. And the Lord reminded me, he reminded me and told me, you remember when you used to rob somebody mm. and you used to say within your heart and yourself, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and go in that house and rob that VCR. Back in the day, it was VCR. Mm -hmm. uh, take that VCR and the TV because you want to take whatever was yours. You want to go and sell it and, and get the money. Mm -hmm. And if anybody came out, you just hit them and uh, you drop them. Mm -hmm. But you're going to take what you're going to take. Yeah. While the Lord was telling me, he was reminding me and telling me, look, it, if you can make up your mind to do that out in the world, why can't you make up your mind mm. to go all the way with me? And I just, it just convicted me. And mm -hmm. I said, Lord, you know what? Whatever you want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Mm. So I remember, you know, the, Lord, the calling of the Lord when he called me. I said, you know what? I'm going to go for broke. I was mm. going for broke out in the world. Yeah. So why can't I go for broke, you know, mm. in the Lord? So that's exactly what I did. And when the Lord called me, uh, I, bec I was a minister with Pastor Hernandez helping him for about 18 years. Mm. Under his ministry, you know, being, you know, tutelage and, mm -hmm. and it's helping me. It was a blessing. You know, he, he helped me tremendously. And he showed me how to become a man of God, how to pray, how to seek the face of the Lord. Mm -hmm. How, how not to just wimp out, you know? Yeah. And how to just trust in the Lord with all my heart. And, uh, and you know, after being there 18 years, the Lord called me to pastor. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and he told me, you know, ask the Lord where he wants you to go. Because mm -hmm. I remember so clearly going in his office and the Lord's calling me to pastor. He said, not right now, come back in a year. <laughs> so I said, okay. So I came back in a year. And, you know, because I believe in Hebrews 13, 17, obey them that have the rule over you yeah. and submit because they watch for your soul. Mm. And they do it with joy and not with grief because it's unprofitable for you. Mm -hmm. So I, when he told me come back in a year, he would have told me come back in two years. I still would have came back in two years. Yeah. You know, I believe that the, what the man of God yeah. said. So I came back in a year and I told him, you know what, the Lord's telling me to go to the valley, the San Fernando Valley. Mm. And... I remember so clearly he said, okay, brother, give me a city. So I went down there and went, and the Lord took me to the city of Pacoima. Mm. I didn't know nothing. I didn't know anybody there. I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know the, the, the geographics of it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about it. But I knew that God was calling me there. So mm -hmm. we started, I think, in, um, in 2004, uh, where the Lord just, you know, started to open the doors. Mm. And now, um, you know, we have the, 
the drug rehabilitation program, I have a lifeline also for men mm. and also a lifeline for ladies. Mm. We opened up a program for lifeline ladies. So the Lord has really blessed us and uh, taken us to the next level with the help of the Lord. And it's just been awesome. It's been a, it's been a tremendous ride, I'll yeah. tell you that. Yeah, wow. And Pastor, can you share a little bit about the program, the Lifeline program for the, win and the men and the women? Um, what are some blessings or what are some things that you've seen? Uh, uh, kind of God, what kind of works have you seen God do in that program for the people? Well, that I, I think if anything, you know, the Lord has done tremendous works with some people, mm -hmm. pulled them out of prostitution, wow. uh, out of satanic uh, worship, satanic mm. breeders. You got satanic breeders that are women. That that's all they're they're born for is just to be wow. breeders, uh, and then they you know sacrifice their children, and then you got the you know the regular ones that are just prostitutes and, and you know drug addicts mm -hmm. and, and and dope fiends, and you know and I I know that the, that 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 is where we were at before, yeah. and uh, the jail ministry and everything else, and uh, I know that the Lord pulled me out of that, and there's where He wanted me to go ahead and mm -hmm. minister to. Yeah. And I know that, uh, you know, God has taken us there for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of people that have come out of the program has been productive. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been a tremendous blessing to move forward in their churches, in, uh, in our church here. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we got, we got men that come out of the program and we got women that come out of the program. Now they're married mm -hmm. together in ministry i mean it, it is powerful yeah. how god just moves in people's lives but we see a lot of things we see women that are abused yeah. uh, emotionally physically sexually yeah. we see uh, even men in that state mm -hmm. also that have been abused emotionally physically and sexually so we we help them to get to the next level yeah. and uh, if a person does not know how to get if the pastor or the director does not know how to get to the next level, yeah. then it's going to be very difficult for everybody else to go yeah. because if he doesn't know, then how in the world are the other ones mm. supposed to follow? Yeah. So this is why, you know, we've had many preachers come. We've had uh, many, many evangelists, preachers, pastors, bishops, elders come and preach to us and, and share with us the word. Mm -hmm. But there are, different levels of uh, people that that uh, different levels that people need to go to mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is when you're in church when somebody's in church and most people not even the program let's just say the church mm -hmm. they don't know if they have a problem with lying or lusting or hate or jealousy mm -hmm. most people don't know how to overcome that mm. they they just think that God is going to take it out of them yeah. and that's incorrect God will never take that out of them they need to learn how to overcome that mm. and that's why the Bible says uh, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind mm -hmm. that you may prove that which is good and acceptable perfect will of God because you're supposed to know and also be transformed by the renewing of your mind mm -hmm. so most people when they come to church you know, they, they're in church for a year and they say, you know what? Things are not changing. I'm not changing. I still have the same problems. I'm out of here. Yeah. So they only try it for so long and then they walk out. Well, on the program, we show them how to overcome lusting. Mm -hmm. We show them how to overcome lying. 
We show them how to overcome the manipulation and, mm -hmm. and the deceit and uh, all these things that come their way that is difficult, the confusion, the voices mm -hmm. they hear, the anxiety, you know. We show them how to overcome it through the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And it is so powerful when they get to understand how to overcome it and they start putting it to practice. Mm. Man, it, it takes them to the next level. Yes. Yeah, I, I heard um, someone explain it this way, that, um, you know, the church, because you hear the church described as a hospital at times, and, and yes. it can. It's for the hurting, and it is for those that are seeking to be... Um, you yeah. know, healed and, and, and repaired. But I heard uh, someone explain it this way. He goes, but, you know, the church is also a training. It's a battleground, and yeah. it's a training ground. He yeah, goes, that's correct. yeah, and, and I think a lot of times we just want to keep it as the hospital for the saints, but really it's, yeah. a, tra yeah, it's a training ground for the saints. Yeah. And for yeah. those that don't have that salvation or ha don't know that preservation for God, yeah, that's the hospital part, and I get it. Yeah. And I also someone explain it, you know, there's, you know, we, we get baptized and we want to stay at the cross, but God yeah. said, "Hey, you know, after the after you get baptized, pick up your cross and follow me." Yeah, that's yeah. correct. <laughs> you, you know, know there's a lot of people, brother, that uh, you know they they have to become leaders in this in in the world today mm. because God didn't call us not to become leaders; He mm. called us to be leaders, right. not only leaders but to be agents of change. Mm. And if a person that's has good. to be a, a person has to be an agent of change. If you become a leader, you become an agent of change. Mm. So then what happens is the very first thing, if the church has come to a point where uh, they have the isolation and transportation theology down, mm. where we're isolated mm -hmm. and we're just waiting for the rapture to take place, mm. which God has never, ever told us to do that mm. god said go into all the world yes. baptize them in the name of the father son and the holy ghost teaching them to observe all things mm -hmm. whatsoever i said unto you so in that scripture alone he gives us the agents of change mm. not only that he gives you i, I will give you authority mm -hmm. over all all the enemy over all the creeping things of this earth mm -hmm. and he's going to give you the authority to go and do change mm. in the world he never said stay in the church. Yeah. He said go, you know. So it was always to go and change. Now, mm. if we are not agents, if we are not agents of change, then somebody else will be the agent agent of change mm -hmm. in the world. If we don't get in, involved with a community, mm -hmm. with with uh, with all even even some people in church with politics mm -hmm. if we don't get involved in that then we're going to be subject to somebody else's mm -hmm. vision and somebody else's morals yeah. and this is why it's so difficult for some people yeah. because they don't want to get involved and they want to stay on the sidelines yeah. and you know the church was never supposed to stay on the sidelines mm. the church was always supposed to be in the forefront for change mm -hmm. according to the, the gospels acts you know the book of acts the church had converted three quarters of the world mm. because they were in the forefront mm. moving forward so it's that's what we have to get back to mm. the agents of change to to change this the situation around us mm. not only that but we can change the atmosphere that's around us if we have a sad all you got to do is lift up your hands and worship the lord start speaking in tongues 
and let the Lord do what he has to mm. do in your life and start getting edified. And you can be an agent of change of your whole atmosphere yeah. around you at school, at work, at the office, yeah. at the community center, wherever it's at. Yes. And God can do something tremendous. Yes. Yeah. And definitely in these times, that's exactly what we need, you know, to be that. I like that, Pastor. Ages of change. For Ages sure. of change. My yeah. <laughs> so, Pastor, in, in this calling that you've received and, and the ministry and, and your pastorship and directing the Lifeline program there, um, was there ever a time, Pastor, where you just felt like, man, you know, I, I know what the vision is. I know what the calling is. But what's going on? You know what? You know what? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. definitely yes. There has been uh, certain things, certain pinpoints in my life where, uh, you know, you have to understand that my destiny, you know, God already knows the end from the beginning. Mm, yes. According to those scriptures, mm -hmm. God knows the end from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say that is because um, the scripture says he, he is the first and he is the last. Mm -hmm. You know, what God actually does is, you know, he, what he does is he starts, he, he, start, he, he finishes something, mm -hmm. and then he starts it. Mm. You know, according, according to, you know, the scriptures, God actually starts something, and then he finishes it. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, God, God, if we were to see it, we're the ones that are backwards. God is correct. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> and the main thing is, is that he says, I know the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. Yes. So God already knew me when I was in prison. In 1984, I was in prison. He already knew in 2018 I would be an elder and a pastor. Mm. So in other words, God already knew the end from the beginning. So God already knew my my situation. And when he when he was saving Moses, he wasn't just saving Moses, or he was saving the five books of the Bible. Mm. When he was saving Paul, he wasn't saving a serial killer. He was saving two-thirds of the New Testament. Mm. So God already knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. So here he knew. So the concept that we have to get down is that God already knows our destiny. We're the ones that have to fulfill uh, from the vision that God gave us from the beginning and fulfill that destiny. Yes. So, you know, when God was, was saving me, you know, he... I had no idea I'd be an elder in charge of 10 churches and then a director in yeah. charge of two programs and a pastor that was in charge of a church. You know, I had no no idea, but God already knew the mm. end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. Yes. The problem is, is that my destiny sometimes gets distorted with distractions. Mm. And when distractions come, sometimes we think those distractions are 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 our destinies mm. and that is not correct the distractions come to distract you from your destiny that's good and this is why it's so difficult for some people because they're trying to figure out what they should be doing 
I'm confused of where to go and what to do and how mm. to do it. And yes, there's going to come days where you're going to sit there and say, man, what do I do if I do it this way? This is going to happen. Mm. And if I do it this way, this is going to happen. This is why me and you have the Holy Ghost first mm. to guide us and direct us. According to John chapter 14, verse 26, which the Holy Ghost, who the Comforter, where the Father will send in my name, he will teach you and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever mm -hmm. I said unto you. So first we have the Holy Ghost to guide us and direct us of what we should be doing. The second thing is we have the man of God mm -hmm. to get advice. The Bible says in, in Proverbs, it says a fool is right in their own eyes, but a wise man <laughs> will hearken to counsel. Yes. You know, so yeah. if you hearken to counsel, then you got it. You, you're becoming a wise man. Mm. But a fool is right in their own eyes yeah. of the decision that they should be making. So I have always hung on and strapped on myself to those scriptures mm. where I, I can go to the man of God and tell him, look, at this is my dilemma. Mm. Give me, pour into me your wisdom. But yes, there's been times where it's been difficult for me. Things that have happened uh, things happening to my sister mm. where it was a crucial point in my life where I wanted to go back and give it all in mm. because the enemy knows what I was used to. What yeah. I was used to is fighting and, and shooting and destroying and, and, and just ripping apart. Mm -hmm. So he would throw at me all these things when I was coming to the Lord because he knew my destiny. Mm. So he would throw these things at me and, and I would get confused in the process. Mm -hmm. And I started reading the scripture that God is not the author of yes. confusion. So I knew that there was something that was coming in between. And I knew if the man of God, which was Pastor David Hernandez, mm -hmm. he knew and he's been there like I've been. Like I've been. He grew mm -hmm. up in White Fence in East LA. And he knew like I knew, like I, where I've been, then I can go to him and yeah. I can talk to him and ask him about advice. And and I remember so clearly, you know, him coming to me and telling me, you know, this is what you have to do and this is how you have mm. to do it. And I would tell him, I know, I know pastors, sometimes it's difficult. Mm. And if we're real, sometimes it is difficult, yeah. even though you know what you have to do, yeah. you know. And yes, there's been times in my life where I've hit my knees and, and I just asked the Lord, you got to give me strength, man, mm -hmm. because my physical, my physical and the natural knows mm -hmm. exactly how to take care of it. Yeah. But I just don't know how to deal with it in the spiritual. And mm -hmm. I just go to my knees and get a hold of God and God takes care of it after that. <laughs> you know, God is so good. Amen. <laughs> Amen, Pastor. Man, yeah. And I, yeah, I, you brought that memory to memory, the scripture. And it was one of my favorite scriptures and preachings that I did a while, while back, because I remember I was so into that verse, but it was yeah. Isaiah 46.10 where it says, Declaring the end from the beginning and from the yes. ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying That's my counsel correct. shall stand and I will do my pleasure. There so, you go. Yeah. It's <laughs> powerful. Yeah. I call, you know, from he sees the end uh, from the, be um, you know, our beginning. He already knows the end, and that's where the calling's coming from. So that's, oh, that, 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 that's awesome, Pastor. Um, and you're very right, Pastor. I always find it um, a little bit humorous when people say, you know, you mentioned right now, you know, if you're being real. And, and yeah. I think that's true. When you're being real, that means, you know, you can struggle spiritually. 
But um, I always find people, when they want to be real, it's just that they're dabbing more in being carnal than they are trying to struggle spiritually, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. there's a, that saying, you know, <laughs> I, I'm just going to be real. I just want to yeah. take it, be real. You know, that's different than actually being real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what I mean by that is they just use that as an excuse right, yes. to be in carnality. Exactly. You know to say, you know, I just want to be, I just want to see the reality of it. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much what they say. And then the reality of it is the carnality yes. side, not the spiritual side. Yeah, even you know? yeah. I, I tried teaching that to my boys. I go, you know, we're, we're human and you're very true. You're going to make mistakes, but, you know, it doesn't mean yeah. you can sin, son. You're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. You know the <laughs> difference, brother, between uh, Saul and David mm. is that here you have Saul that, lied, manipulated, you know, leaned to his own understanding. Mm -hmm. And then you have the same thing that happened with David. David, mm -hmm. he committed murder, mm -hmm. committed adultery. And the Bible says God, David was after God's own heart. Yeah. And I often wondered, why is that? Because David, when he, it was brought to his attention, what he had did, mm -hmm. he just surrendered completely and, and mm. just confessed it and let it go. Yeah. And most people today want to be like Saul and hold on and, and know that they lied, but mm. they don't want to admit they lied. <laughs> and it's very hard. And, yeah. and they know that they're doing wrong, but they don't want to admit they're doing wrong. Yeah. And they're like Saul when David just confessed it and let it all mm. out. And this is what God is looking for, transparency. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, Pastor, I, I could probably talk to you for two hours, Pastor, but I, <laughs> I appreciate your time. <laughs> But, Pastor, in, in your faith journey, uh, you know, uh, everything you've gone through, if you could thank God for, uh, you know, one person or persons in your faith journey, your walk so far, who would you say that would be in your life, Pastor? Well, first of all, it would be, you know, Pastor Hernandez, mm -hmm. you know. Well, Pastor Hernandez is, is, you know, is a hero to me, mm -hmm. you know, when... When, when I didn't have a father, mm -hmm. he uh, he became my father. Mm. And uh, Pastor Hernandez was a tremendous man of God. Mm. And uh, I thank the Lord for him. Yeah. His, his, uh, I thank God for his testimony mm. for the way he served God, mm. you know, the way he put God first. And mm -hmm. <laughs> man, that brother was, that brother was just <laughs> such a hero to me. Mm. And, uh, you know, when, when nobody would come to the jail cell, he, he told the brothers to go get me, mm. you know, and, and I thank the Lord for it. Mm -hmm. I thank God. There was a man that came from that walk, mm -hmm. and uh, and he told me, you know, he shared with me his his life, and he's just he's just a tremendous blessing. Mm -hmm. I thank God for Brother Miras, which was his, his right hand, mm -hmm. and uh, they were just uh, tremendous blessings to me mm -hmm. in my life, and just by looking at them, mm -hmm. you know, they don't even have to say much. Mm -hmm. 
they don't even have to say a lot. Yeah. Just just by looking at these men and, and their actions, mm -hmm. you know, it's so powerful. Mm. It's so it's so is is it's just great, man. I just thank the Lord for these men and the lifeline that you know, the days that I was in lifeline changed my life completely. Mm. And uh I would never, never, never in my life give that up for nothing. Mm. And uh Lifeline was a tremendous blessing. I just uh, thank God for for these men that had mm -hmm. the vision that God put it in their heart. And now, you know, we have the same, and I want to follow in my in my leader and my mentor's mm -hmm. steps. You know, and uh, <laughs> it is a blessing, brother. Yeah. It's so good to be in the Lord. Yes, yes. Uh. <laughs> And and Pastor, um, what are some of your expectancies this year, Pastor? What are you looking, uh, you know, uh, what are you looking forward to in, in your ministry, or uh, what expectations do you have uh, for your church, for your church, Pastor, or uh, just from God, or, or just what, <laughs> you know, whatever you feel, yeah. yeah, from this year in 2018. Okay, yeah. Well, what we're doing is, um, well, we're. Uh, what we're doing now in this the, this year, what we're doing is we're trying to uh, we're trying to buy property mm. uh, because we want to buy we want to get a ranch we want to get a ranch for the brothers uh, and the sisters if we can buy if we can get ten acres mm -hmm. you know and build one house twenty uh, fourteen story uh, fourteen bedroom house mm -hmm. on one side of the property and then. Uh, 14 on the other side and mm -hmm. we can fit, you know, people in those rooms. Um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be massive. My vision for Lifeline is to have uh, 75 to 100 men in the program mm. in phase one and then on phase two, it's about 75% uh, of that. Wow. So it's the same thing with the women, uh, the women that come in. Having that, my, that's my vision for mm -hmm. the programs. Yeah. The vision for the church is is uh, also, you know, we're multiplying, we're we're moving forward, we're looking for another building now because we wow. don't fit in the one we're at now. So we're looking for another one, and God just continues to keep adding to the church daily, mm -hmm. which is so powerful. We're seeing miracles. We're working in the fivefold ministry right now. Mm -hmm where God is just moving forward and we're seeing people get healed right at the altar. Mm. Uh, not only at the altar, at homes. And we see people get filled with the Holy Ghost at homes because we have the uh, groups and they're being healed. They're being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues in the group. I mean, it's powerful. Wow. God is just moving great. Yes. And, it's, and, our, and our future is just, God's just taking us to the next level mm. in spirituality. And, yeah. and we're just operating in the gifts and moving forward. And, and God is just so good. And we, we know that we're going into a bigger place mm -hmm. and, uh, and God's going to feel that. And we're mm. just going to continue to keep moving forward to change the city of Pacoima. Not only that, but the city of the valley of the San Fernando Valley mm. with the help of the Lord. Yeah. And those are just the beginning. Yeah. And then uh, we'll move over to the next city. And uh, the next city, and by the oh. time you know, we'll be going from state to state. In Jesus' name, Pastor. With the help of the Lord. Yes, man. yes, sir. And uh, Pastor, um, kind of wrapping up here, but um, what I'd like to ask, or to close, the question I'd like to yes, ask sir. is, 
if you um, if someone listening today, whether they're uh, you know serving God or, or or you know thinking about seeking this relationship with Christ, um, right. you know what would you say to them to encourage them to to seek this or to stay you know faithful or to seek this uh, this calling from God? Uh-huh. What what would your uh, counsel or advice be to them, Pastor? Well, I would tell them that um, you know. It's first. It's gonna. It first. It's gonna get kind of, you know, something unknown. Mm. Something unknown to you. You know, it's kind of difficult. But if you stick it out, the Lord's gonna bless you, mm-hmm. and the Lord's gonna help you to get to the next level and become the man of God and the woman of God you've always desired to be. Mm. When I was in jail, I've always desired to be the one on the other side mm. with the being walking, being walked in, and being walked out. Mm. And, and I said, man, I've always desired that. I said, man, how come I can't be like that? And now I have the jail ministry where I walk in and out. Yeah. And I know if, if you continue to stay, you know, stay the course of following the Lord, mm-hmm. following the person that's guiding you and directing you, God's going to help you to get to the next level. Mm. If you have a desire, you have a passion, you continue with that. Because God's not going to leave you there. He knows the end from the beginning, yes. and he knows the beginning from the end. So he knows where you're headed. Mm-hmm. You just got to step out by faith, trust in the Lord. We've had faith to drink, to smoke. You, you have faith to trust other people. Mm. Here, drink this. And you say, what is it? I don't know. Just drink <laughs> it. And you drank it anyway. Yeah. Well, we got to have faith in the Lord and trust in God that God is going to take us because he can do a much better job yeah. than me and anybody else put together. Yes. That's what I would say, brother. Oh, that's great. That's great counsel. And it, like I said, in the world today, especially, uh, you know, the only thing that's going to last is God's word. And the only thing that's true is, is you know, the Lord. And and yeah. my prayer, Pastor, w- in this conversation with you today is that anyone that hears this, hears your words, you know, uh, your testimony, you testify in the goodness of God, will, will, will be blessed and, and yeah. will consider, you know, what you were talking about. Because, um, yeah. Yeah, we need this today. We we need the Lord every day, but especially Amen. yeah, in these times. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a privilege, brother. I appreciate it. Oh, you, know, you giving me the opportunity, and uh, you know, I have a lot more. But you know, with the help of the Lord, we can do this probably some other time. Oh, sure, Elder Elder, any time. Well, you're you're welcome. And like I said, Pastor, mm-hmm. I could talk to you for another two hours. It's just, it's a <laughs> it's a blessing. And, and, and it's and it's really really a privilege. Thank you, Pastor. Just know Amen, that you you have someone praying for you in your ministry and and your family, Thank Pastor. You. Yes, yes. And if you're ever out here in Tucson, Arizona, Pastor, we are more than welcome <laughs> to Amen. drop by. Thank okay, you, Pastor. All right. Thank you. All right. God bless you, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. You're welcome. As we conclude our podcast for today, my prayer is that you have been blessed by what you have heard. If you are interested in learning more about this podcast or would like to listen to previous ones, please search for us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And also now you can find us under Apple Podcasts and iTunes, uh, but you can find us under uh, iHat Podcast. Uh, you'll also be able to find other links to our other social media content. And if you would like to be a blessing by contributing to this podcast ministry, you could visit our iHat Podcast GoFundMe page where you can leave a donation. Till next time, Lord willing, God bless.